Hello, hello. Oh, shoot. Hello. Where are you guys from? I've been asking everybody, so. Oh, San Jose? Whoa. Wow, your neighbors, how cute. Yeah, cute. Wow. That counts. They're basically connected. Yeah. Not too bad. Fantastic. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. I will wait 45 more seconds. I asked this group, has anybody ever done the like eight person stand up paddle board up here before? Yes. I think that's like the best thing to get from here. It's so fun. That is harder because then you're like really using all of yourself to get it to go. I did it with like, uh, like 11 high school students once. That was, yeah, I don't recommend that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so fun. I say that it takes, so paddleboarding, I like paddleboarding, but it's kind of like an individual sport, and I'm a team sport type of gal. And I love that the, like the big paddleboard, all of a sudden it becomes a team sport. And it's like you are in it together to get anywhere. But yeah, four people is like you're really like, if one person slacks off, all of a sudden you're like <laughs> going around in a circle. You're like. All right, I've given one one minute for the stragglers, so shall we begin? Thank you, now that you've given me permission. <laughs> uh, hi guys, my name is Jen. Uh, oh. Wow, I'll do that again. Hi guys, my name is Jen. Hi. Wow, hi guys, that's so nice. Fantastic, you're already, I was gonna say this is a bit of a collaborative endeavor here. I am not just gonna be speaking at you. There's some times and moments that we're going to be speaking together. And even the goal of the time is actually that you will have a time to respond to the Lord and really have, have a time with him. Um, so actually, as we start, um, I'd love for us to have even a time of worship and worship through prayer. And so, um, yeah, just to start our time, would love... Um, if we would have these small sentences of, of declaring who God is. And so it's, it's in like a posture of prayer of like, God, you are faithful. God, you are holy. God, you are blank. So we're going we're gonna to just start like that. I will start and I'll finish. But this is a time for, yeah, whenever you feel led. And again, we're doing this as, a, as an act of worship. So... I'll start us. God, you are here and with us always. Mm -hmm. 
God, I thank you that you work in silence. I thank you that you are always near. I thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. I thank you that you know each one of our names and our stories, what we are longing for. I thank you so much you are God and holding all things together. I pray that you would be near to us. We need you. We look to you. We are needy. And we, in these things, we believe that you are, you are active. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for, hi, welcome. Uh, thank you for participating even in that moment of, of quiet as we think about who is God in the midst of silence and unanswered prayer. So, um, yeah, I titled this Beauty in Wilderness, An Invitation to God in Silence. And um, to be totally honest, I like was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. And like, I'm at the Joshua Wilderness Institute. We're going to talk about the wilderness. This is so great. And literally two days later, I was like, why did I do that? Like, this is such a, like, a hard, a hard topic. And I'm guessing, like, if you're here, you could be experiencing a time and a season of maybe unanswered questions, unanswered prayers, silence. And so I, I want to say that I'm, I'm coming before you not as an expert and not as somebody who has all the answers and is going to give you like everything that you're, you're maybe longing for. However, I am coming as a weary sojourner with you and a sister in Christ and somebody who is, feels very needy. And my hope for our time is that all of us leave here more encouraged to hold to God, 
able to hold to Christ in the midst of whatever is going on. Um, uh, all this to say, I, I understand the ache of silence. And I understand um, what can come from that. And so, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 13, basically, exclusively. Which has been like a dear friend to me, and I hope becomes a friend to you, too. But basically, so I'll be talking about what are some types of silence that we, as believers, may experience. How does God work in silence? So types of silence, how does God work in silence, and how can we respond to times of silence? And then, again, we're going to end our time with an opportunity for us to even respond to God and write our own Psalm 13. Uh, so, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Yeah, I didn't choose an easy topic. <laughs> I literally was like, what have I done? <laughs> but it's one that I think is so important and truly, I, I think, can be the thing that says, I am taking my faith seriously and pressing into these things or I'm saying I'm done with you, God. Because it's, a, it's in those times and moments when we're pressed that we really see what is, what is our faith made of and what is God actually doing in it. So first, talking about how long, oh Lord. There are many types of situations that you in your own lives might be saying, how long, oh Lord. And again, I don't come to you callous. I don't come to you knowing that this isn't heavy. Some of you may, either yourself or family members, may have health things. That you, you, It's just how long, oh Lord. Some of you, it might be loneliness, singleness, a hard family relationship, the desire to see your loved ones, know God, to know that you're, you're financially secure, that you, you're waiting to know, like, what, is, what does God have for you? There's several areas in life that we can say, how long, oh Lord? And if, if you're not in that in this moment, you will. And that's because we're on this side of eternity. This world is not as it should. 
And so in some ways, it's appropriate to say, how long, oh Lord? Even if we look around at the world, I even got a text today that there's been some terrible attack in Israel. Like, And students were like, oh, are we still going to be able to go to Israel? All these things. And it's like, how long, oh Lord? Like, How long until like, things are made right? We look in the Bible and we see example after example of waiting. And this is a prayer of David, like him saying, how, how long, oh Lord? As he's running for his life, hiding. How long? How, how, and his, in his case, it's physical enemies trying to end, end his life. Um, but yeah, in the, in the Bible, we see all these how longs. Like, you know that Abraham and Sarah waited? Do you know how many years they waited until Isaac was born? Eight? Oh, 80. Well, yes, between the time of promise to birth was 25 years. So he's 70, 75, something like that. And then he was 100 when Isaac was born. 25 years. I sometimes think about like times and seasons of my life of waiting. And I'm like, I've been waiting for so long. But it's been like six months or like a year or like two years or five years or seven years, even 10 years. I'm like, the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the desert for the promised land. And then the time between Malachi and the start of the Gospels, 400 years. I'm like, I, I don't know anything about waiting. But it's a very common, again, it's a very common experience, and that doesn't mean that it's not deeply, deeply painful. And so there's how long, O oh Lord. And so we, and this side, again, the side of eternity, we wait. think there's an uh, there's another type of silence that can be almost more painful um it can be this the will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me it's the silence that says like where is my god where where did you go like i thought that you were here i thought that you said these things about yourself and but we can experience a a lack of his presence. And brothers and sisters in this room, I also want to say that that can happen. And if that's, if you're experiencing that, whether that's through like spiritual dryness, like there can be a time where like, oh, I used to really, really love my Bible, right? Like I used to really love going to prayer. I used to love doing these things. But now why is it like, where, God, where did you go? Where did you go in this? Or it's literally, why have you not intervened in this? You say to call out to you and that you will respond. Where did you go? And that makes sense then how we would respond with our temptation to take counsel in our own souls and to have sorrow in our heart all the day. I don't know if there is a greater despair in the life of a believer with actually the, is God really there? Because if he's not, who is holding my soul? Who is holding your soul? And so there's a unique type of pain of like, my good father, where did you go? Where did you go? Why are you not answering me? And so it's again this question of like, what do you do with that? What is God? How could there be good in that moment? However, it is in that moment of coming to the end of, of yourself, of having to ask the question that sometimes God can show up in the most beautiful ways. 
So I do believe, so brother and sister, in this room, no matter what you are going through, I believe that there is an invitation to you and that God is, is pursuing you in a way that could feel like death, literally can feel like parts of you are dying. However, he also promises that in that those deaths, there's also a resurrection and a new life that is so precious. So I think three things that I believe God is calling to each one of us in, in every moment of those waitings and those longings and those hardships. The first one is dependence and intimacy. Maybe God, in his grace and in his love, and in that moment when you're saying, how long, oh Lord? Will you forget me forever? Maybe he's saying to you in his mercy. This is a reminder that you cannot save yourself. That everything in your life, that, that there would be nothing that can actually, actually rescue you outside of his grace. That your friends, no, no matter where you go, your friends can't save you. Your significant other can't save you. Your good works, the, the things that you do time and time again cannot save you. Maybe there's, a, there's a, a depth of intimacy that he wants in you that can only come from a breaking, that he may dwell in that place. Maybe he's trying to foster the heart that says, where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. Maybe in that moment when you feel so alone, and you feel like he's not there. Maybe, maybe it's in that moment where he is wanting to satisfy you like nothing else could. Maybe he is so jealous for you that he is allowing whatever this is, this time of silence, to even show you your own heart to show you where you want to turn, that again, he may be the one that satisfies you. I think second, he wants you to really know who he is and not just like know him, but know him. There is a totally different experience when you know that you're, you have a good father who gives good gifts, no matter what the situation looks like. There's a totally different experience for the person who says like, I have actually stood on your steadfast love, even when it doesn't look like it, it makes sense. Even when some, some people may say like, why are you even like, why do you keep asking? Why do you keep coming to him? But to know his care and his love in a way that you need to go through silence and, and unanswered prayer in order to really know that. And that is an extraordinary grace because again, he wants to know you and love you in a way that it is through this wilderness and through this valley that, that you can know that goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. to know really that nothing can separate you from the Father's love, 
to really know that, like, what can you say? Like persecution or naked or danger, danger or sword, that's from Romans 8, uh, can separate? No, for all these things, we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Like to be able to actually say like, yeah, I have now walked through this in a way that now I, I know this. To know him as one who truly never leaves or forsakes. But there's a temptation to believe that he's gone. But if, if the promise is still there that he will never leave or forsake his children, maybe it's in that moment of silence that says like, do you believe this? Is this really true? And the invitation is to hold on and to see that as truth no matter what. And what if it's, it's even to know him as, as the one who is keeping you eternally and to remind you that ultimately, no matter what we are longing for, we were created for a heavenly longing. That one day we will stand face to face with the God who made us, who called each of us by name, he called us his own. Inviting us to, to long for real salvation and real redemption. All of these things can be birthed in the time of silence and waiting. And last, I believe that there's real joy that each one of us are invited to. The joy that says, my heart shall rejoice in my salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. For the heart that is called out independence. For the one that has stood on his steadfast love. There's joy there. And that's, that's a type of joy that's not like, It's a type of sober joy that has real hope. First Peter talks about, even though if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, those tested by fire, might prove to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. You haven't, you don't know him. You haven't seen him, but you, but you love him. You have not yet seen him but you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's something so precious that happens in silence and waiting and longing that your faith is actually being matured in a way that again is precious, that leads to a type of joy that says, hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Hallelujah, one day I'm going to be with my Savior and everything will be right. Hallelujah, I can rest assured that nothing can separate from me from the love of God no matter what I experience here on earth. There's a joy that can be birthed. That again is not this like, I love this, this is the best thing ever. It's one that says like, how long? But I've trusted in your steadfast love. And I will rejoice in my salvation. And brothers and sisters, I don't know if actually we can get to the end of that psalm really, really, really without the beginning part of that psalm. Like it's, it's, it's sometimes it's in the, in the testing by fire that, that produces that. It's actually walking through that valley and knowing that God is your shepherd and that his rod and staff are protecting you. You have to go through that. So 
the last part is, is how do we do this? Like, how, how do we persevere? And first thing is, don't run from it. Don't run. I know I'm tempted to want to, like, totally veg out on social media or something. And all of a sudden, it's been two hours, and I'm like, what, how did I, who? I have disappeared into social media nothingness because I don't want to, I don't want to encounter my own version of pain and longing and suffering. Maybe for you, it could be a relationship. It could be, um, honestly, we can hide through over-serving. Like, you could throw yourself into good works to ignore the things going on in your life and to ignore the places that you don't want to be real with God. And so I would say, brothers and sisters, don't, don't run. I, in Joshua, we do something called the Joshua Fast, which we talked about earlier, where we deactivate all social media and we don't li listen to pre-recorded music or watch TV or movies. And that's not because those things are, are bad, but because we want to give a place for silence and being honest with God, maybe for the first time ever. Because honesty is hard and painful because it asks this heart posture of how long, O oh Lord, and being honest with that those things are in there. And so I would encourage you, if, this is, if it's not a normal practice in your life, to leave room for even physical silence. Make room for that. Don't, don't run from it. Uh, the second thing is in following this psalm is be honest. I love, I love, love, love the fact that the Bible has such a full uh, expression of the human life. And we, can, we have the permission to say boldly, where are you? What are you doing? Where, I don't know if you're even here. And so I would say deeply, truly be honest with God. Like he knows your heart already. He knows, he knows the agony. He knows the things. Present it to him. This is part of what it is, like him working in you, growing in this dependence to, to actually come to him as father, as, as, your, as your Abba father. So come honestly. Say this freaking sucks or something more colorful. Your choice. I can't say that on here. Uh, but be honest. Come to him honestly. And last uh, is to remember. Remember, and I think of two things. Um, one, remember that this is a spiritual battle. There is a real enemy that wants to take, take your joy, to, to think truly that you are alone, that you're the only one experiencing X, Y, and Z. So remember this is a spiritual battle and, and fight with spiritual weapons. Brothers and sisters, memorize scripture. I cannot exemplify this enough. Memorize it. Have it so on your heart that when those things come up, when it's the temptation to say, my God has left me, what's the point of this? I'm, this is useless to keep, con to come back with those, that first Peter, with Romans 8, with Romans 5, like fill in the blank, whatever that might be. One that was really dear to me, and it still is, Psalm 86, 5, is for you are good and forgiving and abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. And so brothers and sisters, that means if you're calling upon him that, that 
you are in the middle of his abounding steadfast love. I know I needed that. I'm like, here I am. I'm calling out to you. And I want to expect your abounding steadfast love. So memorize scripture. And also remember the bigger picture. Remember the bigger picture of God's story and his bigger picture of redemption and his bigger picture of what he has already accomplished on your behalf and the bigger picture of of that you are eternally held by a good God and a good father who gives good gifts, which means right now he is dealing bountifully with you. I love that that says like, it's not that you will deal bountifully with me. Sometimes we think about like, oh, don't worry, he will make it right, right? Like, or he will answer your prayer. Like, he is, he has, right now, he is offering you. He may not be answering that prayer in that moment, but he's offering himself. And he is providing for you now. He is dealing bountifully with you. And he's going to continue to. Until again, one day you're going to stand before him face to face. So again, don't run, don't run from it. Say, here I am, honestly. How long, O oh Lord? How long will you hide yourself from me? How long will you hide your, yeah, take your face from me, God? Don't run from it. Be honest. Also, I would say, bring in your community. Talk about these things. You're not alone. Again, the, I think the enemy wants us to think that we're alone. We're the only one who experiences these things. You're not talk about it. We need prayer. We need people to pray for us and remind us of truth too. (sighs) Okay. I wanted to say things quickly because I wanted to give you guys actually the space and a good amount of time to really just sit with God and I would say have Psalm 13 out and maybe write your own version of Psalm 13 and be specific whether that's for yourself or for a loved one, for the world. Like there's, there's always something to say, these things too. And even like go line by line and like write out like what does this look like here and here and here? And then what does it look like to trust in his steadfast love and to sing of his salvation? So um, I'll say about 25 minutes and it's going to be quiet in here because we love silence. I actually liked when we were praying that with the air conditioning turned off. I was like, mm, yes, here we are. Um, so I will pray for us. And then if we could just spread around the room and just take that time um, to just sit with God. How's that sound? Sweet. Two and a half thumbs up. I'll take it. <laughs> Let me pray for us. God, silence can suck. It can be so hard. It can be uncomfortable. Painful. But God, we declare that you are faithful and you are good and you are merciful and you are kind and you are providing for your children. Always. There is nothing that can separate us from your love. You will never leave us or forsake us. Father, would you be kind to us as we live in this world where we say, how long? But 
May we continue to trust in your steadfast love. And I thank you that you have demonstrated your love by sending your son and live a life that we could never live and die the death that we deserve to die, but rose again so that we may really have life. And so as, as we struggle, as we experience death in our lives, may we be united to you more and more in your life and your resurrection. We love you. We need you. Would you please bless this time in your word and in prayer? In your name I pray. Amen. I'll call us back together in like 25 minutes. Set a timer for 25 minutes. Please go back.